I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody. Happy day to you. We are so grateful that you have tuned in today to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito. Um, especially grateful for the sponsor of today's show, Amy McClanahan, sent a very generous donation. Amy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, her her donation um, to The Remedy was very, very, very generous. But more importantly, Amy, that note that you emailed me, I just want you to know I read... I read it to um, Kevin and Janice, who are both on the show today, and you made Janice cry. It was just the sweetest, sweetest note ever. Thank you for including me. I do appreciate it. Yes. You always need to be included, Kev. You are such a vital and important part of what we do here I don't feel like I do that much, but I'll take it. You do. Janice, can we hear you? Oh, hold on. Hello, there she is. Can you hear me? Okay, yes. no, I, I, she, you weren't talking, so I knew something was wrong. I had her <laughs> muted. I tried. I, tried. I knew you were. Yeah. <laughs> I could feel it. <laughs> it, it, it. You know, Amy, that was so sweet. And what what is so amazing is you giving that precious daughter of yours the idea and the awareness that she matters because she breathes. Mm-hmm. at age seven is truly the greatest gift you can ever give her that that is the essence of self-esteem yeah and that I that is imagine mm-hmm. how my choices in life so many of them the way I felt about myself would have been vastly different had I understood and known that my value was because I breathe the air so Pat yourself on the back like a million times every day for being an amazing mom and for giving that daughter that that most precious that gift. wisdom. Oh, it was the sweetest note. I mean, it really was. And I, I love the little Kev shout out. Yes, too, because Kevin does so much. And I mean, the funniest part is all my friends, Kevin, and I've told you this before. I think I've said it before on the podcast is. So many of my friends are like, what does he look like? <laughs> I, I feel like I never look like how people expect I do. He's so handsome. Yeah, all right. Thanks. You are you so are. handsome. You are handsome. And you're and you're really funny. I think that think I'm much older for some reason. That I sound older, maybe. Well, I don't you know. just have an awesome or Maybe I just look young. You have an awesome radio voice. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, you guys we, are very I complimentary know how that today. Feels. I know how that feels, Kevin, to have that awesome radio voice. Yes. <laughs> I wish I had an accent. I love your voice. If I would be a star in West Texas. Oh, huge. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would. You're a star in You're Dallas, that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, it's a real love fest in here today. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I love it. Is. It's the way it should be. Um, okay, so we're just coming off Mother's Day, and we're hoping that all of you um, who are mamas enjoyed a very special day. 
with all of your people. Um, Janice and I were talking last week and we thought um, it would be very apropos um, just based on kind of, I don't know, we were just talking about life and relationships and parenting. um, And we were talking about how important um, it is to understand and appreciate and value the fragility and the gift of love. And uh, Janice, you said, oh, we should, we should really talk about that on the podcast um, because sometimes we're not that good at taking care of the people we love. We forget how fragile love is, whether it's a romantic relationship or a parent-child relationship or even a friendship, you know, the, yeah. um, how, how important our words are, our actions are, how, how truly fragile love is. Um, so thank you for thinking of that topic, Janice, because I think it's something that, I mean, you and I, and the way that we counsel people and all the people that we've met over the years, I mean, how many times have we sat with people and, you know, just our hearts aching and because people are speaking through tears, you know, a sea of tears because somebody has said something or done something that truly was so hurtful, so devastating, whether it was something they said that they can't take back or something they've done that they can't undo. And, and that precious, um, fragile love was compromised. And, and that's a, that's a hard thing as a counselor to even listen to sometimes when you're, I mean, I, being a youth pastor, gosh, I used to counsel, um, youth and parents and, you know, parents sometimes say things to kids. My parents said things to me and, you know, they could have said a million, I love yous, but the time my mom told me I looked fat, you know, that's what the, that's what I remember, you know, yeah, yeah. that, that how fragile, um, love is and how, how important it is to take care of and appreciate the fragility of love. So, um, Janice, before, uh, we go down this one thing that I wanted to remind you of, um, before I forget is you said, let's start with, um, talking about the difference between love and attraction. Yes. You texted me that. So do you want to start with that or do you want to talk about? Sure. I think that's a good, I think that's a a good place to start because I think that attraction and love art can be confusing mm-hmm. for a lot of people and the the attraction in relationship is typically and and well 99% of the time towards a person a love interest somebody that you can imagine marrying or being sexual with or as a boyfriend or a girlfriend and so the that attraction is typically a lot of pheromones that go through the brain and, and you have that in quotes chemistry. I love how people talk about chemistry and always kind of laugh. 
and think about when I was in my chemistry class and making the wrong concoction and something <laughs> blew up. <laughs> 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 like, and I remembered, and I do remember in high school, you know, that happening. And I think that chemistry is what I always go to. Yeah, there's a good chance that's going to blow up. But, but I do think that the attraction, when people lose attraction in a relationship, a lot of times they think that their love has died. And, and what I encourage people to do if they feel like they've lost attraction is to really think about what behaviors have gone on in the relationship that may have been like a drip, drip, drip that eventually broke the dam Mm -hmm. and the, or if people's bodies have changed or, or, you know, with age, trust me, girls, it's going to (laughs) change. And, you know, and so, so, but we confuse that with, with love and, there's a lot of times love is going to be more rooted than attraction. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not minimizing attraction. I think it's very important. And, and you know, I, God created our bodies with that, that ability to feel really attracted to one another sexually so that, you know, so that we could experience the joy of sex and also to, you know, keep the world going. So, so I don't want to, I'm not minimizing the attraction element, but I think it can get really confusing for people if they've been in a relationship for a long time or they've been married for a long time and they think, oh, I'm just losing some of my attraction. My guess is that there's, when that happens, there's something else going on in the marriage that needs to be addressed during Mm -hmm. the relationship. And a lot of times if you can work on that and then work on the underlying issues and sometimes that attraction can come back mm-hmm. and and you know another thing that will keep attraction going for a lot of people is gratitude mm-hmm. you know is you know thinking about the things about that person for which you're really grateful and the things that 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 you haven't had another relationship will will help kindle that attraction so sometimes we kind of have to to uh flame the i mean you know kind of is it flame the fire fan the flame fan the flame fan the flame (laughs) yeah fan the flame Mm -hmm. so we can keep that attraction going yeah and we and so it's not something that we just sit and expect to flood us Mm -hmm. in a moment Mm -hmm. You know, because think of the times you've been attracted to somebody and then they acted like a jerk or you were, you know, dating them and you were really attracted to them. And then they screwed around with somebody or something and you lost that attraction immediately. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not as cellular as love. Yeah. You know, it's something that you uh the you gave advice on the last uh, online workshop, the little webinar we did. I can't remember what the question was. Maybe when when uh, when I talk about this, you or Kevin will remember what the question was. But oh, it was somebody. Was it somebody who was talking about they didn't? Anyway, you guys. I'm sure, will, I still have it on my. Phone. Well, you guys will remember whatever yeah. the question was. But somebody was asking, um, was talking about how they had lost attraction and they didn't know whether to go or stay in their marriage. And maybe they didn't use the word attraction, but it was something about like they didn't know and whether they should go or whether 
they should stay. And Janice, you gave great advice about, or, or you said something that has really stuck with me, and I liked it a lot, um, how we spend so much time as human beings thinking about, um, lamenting about, uh, resenting uh, the things that we are not getting in a relationship. Yeah. And, you know, our mindset gets fixed on these things that, you know, we look around and we're like, well, my husband doesn't do that. And I sure wish she did that. And why doesn't my wife, da, 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 you know, whatever it is. And we forget about all the incredible positives. Like, and you talked about, which I thought was so sweet, how much you love dinner uh, with Tom on uh -huh. Friday nights. Uh -huh. And, you know, you love being home. And is it y'all cook? You cook? Yeah, on Friday or Saturday nights, usually, well, sometimes both nights. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes Sunday nights, we'll just get in the kitchen and cook together. And it's so much fun, mm -hmm. you know, and I appreciate yeah. so much the way he treats me and him getting in there and we laugh and we turn on music. Tom is a, has great music and he really knows a lot about it. So he has some real cool bands like Spoon. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, Teva, but they're nope. so good. We go to their concerts and, <laughs> and so we turn on music really loud and we just dance around and have a drink and it's so much fun. And I love that. I never had that. Mm, so sweet. Before. It's really so sweet. And you said if something were to happen to us, I would really miss him on Friday nights. I would. And I really would. Yeah. And so, you know, you could be annoyed because he he doesn't, you know, pick up his socks and his breast stinks in the morning and and you know, whatever. I didn't, I did not say that. About yeah, your breath, Tom. You, I, just I just totally made that up. But, you know, we can be totally repulsed about these things or like, look at God, cellulite's getting bad as she's aging. Like we can yeah. look at these things, um, you know, that, and, and fix on these things uh, and, and forget like, God, if this person wasn't here or anymore this relationship went away or something happened like what are what are those things that you would miss those are the things that we we should spend a little bit more time concentrating on thinking about appreciating it is so funny that as people our brains are wired to go to the negative um well, right you know now i'm just I thinking think how gross i am <laughs> I'm like, God, I'm always in the other room burping and picking my nose. And I'm like, God, my wife probably thinks I'm so gross. Kevin. I'm going to try not to do that. Yes, please stop I think picking guys, your nose. Guys worry a lot about, they don't worry about being unattracted. They worry about being unattractive. And yeah, maybe I need to focus a little more on That's not being so unattractive. Hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, as I, as I, I think I said this in the webinar, and I do think it's worth saying, because I, I have to remind myself of this a lot, is that our met needs are not our motivators. We are motivated mm -hmm. by the things we're not getting. Yep. So yep. I am not aware of my thirst when I'm not thirsty. I'm only aware of my thirst when I haven't had water and I'm like, Oh, I'm thirsty. Yeah. But I don't walk around saying, man, it is so, I'm so blessed to not be thirsty. Right. 
you know? So it's very, very, very important that we, because whatever, whatever we focus on is going to grow. So you can't feel not thirsty, you know, it's like, it's, it's weird. Like, well, well you can, but you're just not aware of it. So in other words, you're not aware. I'm not aware of, Mm -hmm. of something I'm not I'm not aware of what I'm getting right. as much as I tend to focus on what I am not getting. And sure. so then what happens is when we focus on what we're not getting, then we feel deprived or we feel resentful or we may want to leave or we may want to try to find it someplace else. Yeah. And so that it's, and that's where gratitude comes in because when we're grateful, when we're practicing gratitude, then we are being mindfully aware of what we're getting. Yeah. Well, you definitely, in a literal sense, uh, Tova and I both just took a drink of water. So thank you for reminding us that we're th- yeah, <laughs> that we are indeed yeah. thirsty. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the you know when when people start losing attraction, sometimes it's because they. So our brains have an incredibly powerful effect on many, many, many things in our bodies. And one of them are our sexual organs. And so when I am walking around thinking about what my partner is not giving me or not doing, I'm probably not going to want to hop in the bed with them. And, you know, and then when I am thinking uh, about, the the kindnesses or the considerations or the little things that that my partner does, then I can be sexually stimulated by just thinking about that. And and so there is a mind body connection that we oftentimes forget and think that attraction is just something that happens like, blah, you know, there's this this and if that is not there, we can't get it back. But I do think there are practices that we can do to, I mean, sometimes it's not going to come back, but, but I do think that it's possible and sometimes even probable that it will. If the relation has a, is a pretty solid basis, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times people can get that attraction back. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I just, I think love and attraction, it's so funny because you, in a relationship you would think, well, it's more important to have love, you know, attraction's going to fade and da 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 But I, I, I think that both are so important, you know, and I think that they're so connected. I mean, I, I really think that they, I think that if you are loving somebody well and being loved by somebody well, um, you are, you're going to be more attracted. I mean, somebody who loves me well, of course, I'm going to be way more attracted to them. Even if, even if, you know, they're not perfect, even if their breast stinks in the morning or, you know, <laughs> or they're burping in the yeah, other room. Yeah. It's, it's, um, and I, but can you truly have like love without attraction or do you think the two, can you have love without oh, attraction? Absolutely. I, yeah. I think like romantic can. love. Sure. Really? Sure. Because uh, people can have romantic love and have made a choice that that is more important to them than the physical attraction. And I think that I think that sometimes what you see is people get quite a bit older and, you know, either they have a physical condition or or they have some 
some difficulties with arousal and, you know, that they cannot, they can't kind of nurture that physical attraction. And so, but they still are deeply in love with someone. Yeah. And, you know, I think that younger people think, oh my gosh, you could, you could never do without the physical attraction. And, and some people are not willing to do without that. I'm not suggesting that people do, but I do think it's definitely possible. But you, um, you know, if it fades, you know, when they get older, but it would have had to have been there at some time in the beginning, right? Or, well, I mean, you, you can, know, not, not necessarily, because you think about that, you know, a long time ago, or, well, not that long ago, and still in some cultures, marriages are arranged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, that's that may there may not be an attraction, but they still may be physically, sexually active, you know. But but I, I mean, ideally, you want both. Sure. But if you nurture the love, I do believe that that will nurture the attraction. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Another, you know, another thing that Tova, I think, I think is really important is that. What we as women have done for so many years, and my generation is was just terrible about it for the most part. Your generation is a lot better, and um, is that we don't we don't talk about the things that we're not getting yep. enough, and we don't uh, address issues. Yep. We just kind of brush them under the rug and keep acting as if and. And a lot of times the resolution of conflict, I mean, I've had couples in my office that are in a terrible place in their marriage because they've never learned how to resolve conflict without annihilating one another. And so once they kind of learn to, to, that they can resolve conflict and that it can be a, a growth producing element in a relationship, Mm -hmm. then their physical attraction comes back. You know, I've had, I have had many times couples leave my office and, and then say, you know what we did? We went home and we had sex Mm -hmm. because we had intimacy Mm -hmm. into me, you see, and into you, I see. Mm -hmm. And so we've cracked ourselves open and we've exposed our deepest hurts or wants or unmet needs that, that we haven't ever put words to. Yeah. And that, to me, that, I'm so glad you brought that up, Janice, because I didn't know that. I, I don't think I knew that for my entire marriage. I thought yeah. conflict was bad. I thought yeah. an argument or a fight, I mean, whatever you want to call it, I thought that was bad. Sign of trouble. Yes. And so I did. I thought I was doing the right thing in my marriage by avoiding the very thing that needed to be addressed because I thought that no conflict was better. Yeah. And, and I mean that you want to talk about relationship killer and, you know, now doing premarital counseling, I, all my premarital counseling, I have like a, I told you this, I have a, like a curriculum that I put together, but most of it was based on all of my failures in my marriage. But you know, no, Mm -hmm. nobody ever told me, um, that conflict could be a positive thing, and nobody ever taught me, and I never learned, I never took the time to learn how to positively have conflict. And now, um, 
I mean, what you say is so good in that conflict creates growth opportunities and conflict can, conflict can be done terribly. We can annihilate each other. We can say things that we regret. We can, we can hurl names. I mean, you can do some serious damage. Um, and then, and in those cases, yes, conflict is not a positive or you can learn how to have healthy conflict and, and come out of it on the other side. And you even like breathe easier and you're like, God, that felt good because I, I got to say what I thought and I got to say how I felt. And you know, you know, the, the, what, what healthy conflict resolution does is it creates a rootedness in your relationship. So it's, I like to think about a really big giant tree. I'm sitting on my screen in porch and there's this big tree in my backyard. And so the, as the roots grow deeper, the tree is more stable. And so after you've learned how to resolve conflict and you've done it several times and practiced it and it's been okay and you haven't screamed or, or shut down or, Mm -hmm. or any of those things, then you feel safe. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, wow. So outside of, you know, infidelity or, you know, not paying income tax or untreated addiction or whatever your deal breakers are, Mm -hmm. everything else can be resolved. And then you feel so safe in your relationship that you're not walking around in trepidation thinking it's going to collapse. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it's such a valuable, it's such a valuable thing. And, and I think that, I mean, I think about the times, um, that there was just obvious issues in, in my marriage. I mean, and it, it was, whether it's, you know, we were pretending or on all fronts, you know, that everything was fine. Yeah. Everything was fine in the marriage. Everything was fine in the bedroom, da, da, da. but everyone was pretending. Everyone was what, because we were both so scared of conflict and yet there were big, big issues. You know, I encourage, I encourage you taught me Janice that the five couples who are deeply connected and rooted in these five areas, emotionally, intellectually, physically, sexually, and emotion, wait, did I say more? spiritually, spiritually? Yes. Uh-huh. The, the deeper you're rooted in those five things. And I'll say you, Sam quickly again, cause I'll forget one emotional, uh, physically, mm-hmm. uh, emotional, physical, uh, sexual, spiritual, and intellectual, intellectually. Yep. yep. When we are rooted in, in those, you know, if you have five out of five, the chances of your, if you are rooted in five out of five and you connect deeply on all those levels, you have the greatest um, opportunity for success in having a oh, happy oh, and healthy relationship. Yes. You will succeed. And, you know, the thing is, and this is, uh, it's kind of funny because rootedness in those areas doesn't mean you agree. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's good. I mean, there are many, there are a lot of political things that Tom and I don't really discuss as mm-hmm. because we have such differing opinions. Tom is a little more uh, 
liberal than I am. And and so, you know, we don't agree on all of those things. We don't agree necessarily. I like to, I'd spend, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I like really, really nice hotels. And Tom doesn't could really kind of care less. <laughs> so there are so many things that we don't agree on, but we're rooted in our capacity to disagree. Mm. We can agree to disagree, and that doesn't bother our relationship. But we have shared having being rooted in those different domains are tangible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Rootedness doesn't just happen. It's about talking, talking about your feelings, you know, talking about your emotions, talking about your spiritual beliefs, practicing spirit, whatever your spiritual practice is, you know, so it's an active sort of thing. And I love, I love that physical and sexual are different, you know, because sex, sex is one thing, but holding hands and, you know, tickling a back and, you know, those things are so important too, you know, and if you want a good sex life, being physically connected is a big part of that. You know, I don't want to just have sex with somebody. I, I want to cuddle and I want to hold their hand and I want to, I want to, I want to be connected with them on a physical level and not just, you know, not just have sex. I mean, having sex is great, but it's, it's one of the five components. And I, what I do when, when I uh, counsel these couples is I encourage them and I would encourage anybody who's in a relationship or um, married to do the same is have whether it's every other week or once a month, have a check-in of those five things. Okay, let's, and you know what I do too? I say add finances because finances can be such a, you know, sensitive subject with with couples as well. Let's do a check-in. How are we doing physically? How are we doing spiritually? How are we doing emotionally? Like, hey, you know, we're not having sex the way that we used to. Or, God, I miss the way that you used to tickle my back. Or, you know, we we need to watch our, you know, we spent a lot of money last month. Let's go ahead and tap the brakes this one. You know, so, so I like it so much. And I encourage people to do check-ins because oftentimes the, for lack of a better word, way of saying it shit starts flying when there's tension and it's like whoa where did this come from you know and and you know the the man's resentful because he's he's not getting sex and the woman's resentful because they're not emotionally connecting and you know they haven't been on a date in forever and so you we save these things and then we start hurling them at each other uh-huh. we use it as ammo for the next argument. And if this just allows and creates an opportunity for conversation and, uh, and conflict resolution around something that might be going on in the relationship without it being a fight. And well, and, and, you know, the intellectual part of that is about, you know, finances and, and that can cover so many different things like, with the wife, like she doesn't have enough freedom to spend, you know, to go buy herself clothes or if there's some sort of resentment about money and how it's being spent. And so that's going to be part of your intellectual component too. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you thinking? Is there something I'm doing that you might not like that you would like for me to do differently? 
or you know you when you have this state of the union meeting you know you're going to evaluate those things and make mm-hmm. sure that you're asking for what you want yeah and if and if there is an area of frustration that you're talking about it I, that's so good toba that check-in because I, I don't think my first husband and I ever had a check-in. We yeah. just fought. Not at all. I really don't. Yeah. We didn't fight. Yeah. We just ignored. And, yeah. And, yeah. and I giggle so much with my young couples. And, and you know, that <clears throat> we there is, there is rarely a couple, and I'd be interested to hear your take on this, Janice, with your counseling. There is rarely a couple that I meet with that feels comfortable, and we've talked about this on this podcast, that feels comfortable talking about sex and about issues around sex and whether or not they're being satisfied, you know, sexually or enjoying it sexually, or they want something different sexually. Like we're getting naked, you know, we're we're doing the deed, but nobody's talking about, hey, it's just not the way that it used to be, or I sure would like it if you did this or or, you know, I really like it when you do that, or I hate it when you do that, you know? Yeah. It, it's like sex for so many people, especially, you know, when they've been married for a long, long time, it's just something to endure. And God, like sex is such a gift and such a, it can be such an amazing part of, and component and, necessity in a relationship that if you're not satisfied, like it's so funny to me how many people are not satisfied and have such a difficult time bringing it up. Why why is that in your opinion, Janice? Well, we just haven't been taught to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody talked about it when I was growing up for sure. And um, I mean, nobody ever had the sex talk with me. My mm-hmm. mom or my dad, Same my here. cousin did. And I'm a you know? totally different and generation. So, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it, you know, we haven't been conditioned to talk about it. And, and so I think that that's changing because you, it's, it's become so, uh, I mean, in movies and TV shows and all of that, sex is not nearly as taboo as it used to be. And so, you know, I do think we're getting a little more comfortable being exposed to it, mm-hmm. but still, Talking about it in your relationship is a very vulnerable mm-hmm. place. So mm-hmm. when I talk about intimacy, into me you see and into you I see, is I visualize a zipper starting at my top of my head and I and it goes down right down the medium part of my body and I unzip myself and crack it open so that I am fully exposed in my intellectual physical and emotional self mm-hmm. and that until you can when, when you get there and it just have you have to practice it mm-hmm. because it's like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh I don't want to talk about that but once you start doing it it becomes more and more comfortable you know and I think the way that you do it is is so important and I was just about to ask you that I was just a, because it is such a fragile I mean all of these subjects are fragile but you know they're the, very fragile. but it is and, uh, any advice that you would have or you could give to couples on the presentation of these really you know I mean if I'm not satisfied sexually and I'm about to have that conversation with 
with my husband, you know, that that's a scare because that's fragile, right? If I'm not satisfied, then he's going to hear it as you don't satisfy me. I'm not, you know, I am. Yeah. I'm not perform or whatever it is, you know, the, our egos are so involved in all of this that it would be really. So what are, what are some good tips on how to bring up these really fragile topics um, and in a really sensitive kind way so that the other person can be in a space to hear it? Well, I think first of all, you ask for permission to have a chat. Mm-hmm. So you, I would say something like, Hey, is this a good time for you and I to have a little discussion? Now, one thing, one thing that I do sometimes is suggest to people have like a standard state of the union address time. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, so it's like when the kids on a Sunday night, when the kids are in bed and it's at, you know, you put them in bed at eight and you have this little 30 minute thing, you know, that's going to last, you know, that you can do at eight fifteen or something like that. And, and, and you want to keep it succinct because men can get really distracted if, if we go on and on and on about it. Yeah. They can so grow, grow weary. <laughs> yes. And so you ask for permission. So is this a good time for us to talk about this? I have some concerns that I'd like to address. And then you get permission and then your partner says, sure. And then you just, you be, you talk about yourself. I want, I think, I think feel dissatisfied with the amount of petting that we do before we get sexual. I, I like it if we kiss and hug and, you know, there are different ways that you can stimulate me before we, you know, have intercourse. And so I, 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 Mm -hmm. so you're coming from a self-descriptive place instead of you don't do this right you're not making me satisfied blah 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 all right really so important. those two things if i say i then it makes it so much easier for people to hear because as as our defense mechanisms get employed when somebody says you you know we automatically get defensive and then we tend to go into that yeah uh-uh, but you blah 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 so you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So then when you're speaking to one another, man to woman or woman to man, it is very important that you are tender. And I like to think about how tenderly we talk to little children. Mm-hmm. Softly, soft voice, kindly and 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 empathetically, mm-hmm. you know, going into it thinking the last thing I I want to do is hurt this person. Yeah. And if I do this correctly, I'm going to have a really pretty good chance of getting what I want. Yeah. Even if it's about money. Yeah. You know, and so so it's not a dying on the cross sort of a deal. It's it's somewhat well, it's not somewhat, it's self-serving. But I know that if I can get this and if I can approach this with the right tone and the right words and coming from my perspective, I will have a much better chance of being heard and then getting what I want. Yeah. There's a quote that um, that I pulled up today that I really love. It says, be tender with those you care about because love is fragile. 
beat it up too often and it will take its bruises and quietly slip out the door. Wow. Wow. How how good is that? Jeez. I feel like that just sums it all up. Yeah. Read that again, please, Janice. Okay. I really, really love that. That's so important. I think it is too. Okay. It's be tender with the, oh, let me say this. And also guys, This is how we want to speak with our children. Yeah. We want to, even when we are, we are asking them to do something different. If you can be tender with those little precious people, it will make a huge difference in how they evolve into adults. They will have very little shame and they will be confident, empowered people. Mm. Because when we're not tender, we, we, that's like, you might as well have a razor blade and just be kind of cutting at them. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll read it again. Okay. Mm. Be tender with those you care about because love is fragile. Beat it up too often and it will take its bruises and quietly slip out the door. Jeez. And that's by Shannon Thomas. Will you screenshot that and send it to me and I'll post it. I'll post it on I Instagram so that will. we can. I mean that that is just it is. I mean it's it is so important across the board. Um, yeah. Yeah. My. Yes. I you, we have amazing memories when it comes to pain. Yes, <laughs> and, we do. And hurt. You know, our I remember. I remember all of them. You know, I, I, I can, I know details of, of what I was wearing, of where I was sitting, of exactly what was said. You know, I can, painful memories, I see them, I feel them, I can go back to them. Painful things that were said to me, I, I, I don't forget. And, you know, chances are neither do you, you know, whoever's listening. Um, yes. You know, and and it does love. I mean, I love what they're saying. It is it is so fragile, and if you beat up love enough, it it does it will slip out the back door. You know, and so so many people who wake up in their marriage and and you know they want out, and the other person is like, "What are you talking about?" You know, it's just death by a thousand paper cuts, and. And, and, but that's why we as adults, and, and this is why it's really important. And this conversation is really important. We have a responsibility to get into our adult self and have those conversations about what isn't right and what isn't working. And, you know, we may be getting beat up, but if somebody's bruising us, if we have bruises, I think we, there and there are people out there like Janice who can help you get into your adult self and help you find the words to create the form the sentences to tell somebody what you need and yes. what you what you want because we are adults you know and 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 we can it's not selfish to want things um and it's not selfish to say the things that you want, but you're right. You know, if nobody has ever taught you how to say it, then it feels really overwhelming. It feels really scary. I mean, 
for me for years. I mean, it it didn't matter in my family of origin what Tova wanted, so I didn't know how to say it. You know, we all yeah. wanted what mom wanted because if mom was happy, then then the house was okay, and if mom wasn't happy, then nobody was okay. So as long as mom was okay, that's the only thing that mattered. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know. I wasn't even in touch with how I felt. You know, yeah. And, um, so it's, it, love is so incredibly fragile and yet it, it's such a gift and, and damn, if we don't annihilate and, and take advantage and lack appreciate, lack, have lack of appreciation for that gift. You know, we often do not care for the ones that we love or we, you know, they're the ones that get, get, get the worst of us, you know? Yeah. And if, and if you have, if you have been one of those who has not been very tender with the person that you love and, and there, there are, you know, it's not always overt. It can be covert like sarcasm or rolling of the eyes or, ignoring or you know it doesn't always have to be yelling and screaming and that sort of thing and if you have been one of those and you are quickened to your own how you've inflicted the pain and you can say to your partner oh my gosh I have done this and I two things. I want you to know that I am terrifically remorseful. Mm -hmm. And secondly, I want you to know I am going to do it differently. I may not do it perfectly, but I am going to do it differently. Mm -hmm. And then we can, I, in my first marriage tub, I'm real embarrassed to say, I was not that kind to my husband. I was mad. I was hurt. And I would go at him. I, I, I always said I was like a pit bulldog. <laughs> I could just chew you up and spit you out in a nanosecond. You know, and I learned when I got into my all of my own family of origin stuff and started going to Al-Anon meetings and stuff like that, I learned that I, I had a part in that not working. And, and, and I made a commitment to myself to not do that. And I do not do that with my husband. I mean, and we've been married 14 years and we've had probably two fights when we raised our boys. I mean, we just don't do that with mm-hmm. each other. And we've mm-hmm. been mad at each other and not like, not like each other that much on occasion, <laughs> but we just don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's good. It's really, yeah. really, really good. It's, and you know, it's actually not that hard to stop Yeah. because awareness is the first step. Yeah. You are aware of what you're doing. Acceptance is the second step. I accept that I'm doing it and then practice doing it differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you need help, get, get help. If you need tools, you know, it's for so long, I think I beat myself up um, because I didn't do it right or I didn't do it well. And you taught me, you taught me Janice, like, well, nobody, nobody told you how to do it. Nobody t- ever taught you how to do it. And it, like, 
I wasn't trying to be malicious. I wasn't trying to be covert. I wasn't, I, I just was doing the only thing I knew how to do. And, and so if, if you're in a space or your spouse is in a space where you don't have the tools, then, you know, this podcast might open something up for you, but it's not going to solve it. Like get the help you need um, because the tools exist, you know, the information yeah. is there and the opportunity for a healthy, happy relationship, whether it's parent, child, romantic, it, you know, it, it exists. It, it really does exist. It just requires the tools, having the right toolkit, practicing them, and then learning how to say you're sorry you know, you're terrifically remorseful. I love how you said that for the times that you, you go back and you forget, or you're just all too human. I mean, yeah. And you know, one of the things, one of the very first tools that people can implement, especially if they tend to be like the pit bulldog that I used to be is to just shut your mouth and breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, shut your mouth and breathe and count to 20 or 30. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have that surge of energy, put your tongue between your teeth <laughs> and hold it there, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and so you learn to develop the tolerance for not reacting with your reactions. Yeah. Yep. That's really, and really, if really I, good. Listen, I, I mean, if I, could, if I can do that, if I can <laughs> learn to do that. anybody can really I mean I didn't you know stab anybody or (laughs) you came close not with a knife I just used my tongue (laughs) and you know what sometimes I think I'd rather be stabbed than have the memories of some of the things that you know that have been said to me you know words are very 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 painful and they are and they take a lot of time to 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 undo. They just, they yeah. just do. Um, yeah. Janice, thank you. Thank you. So You're this welcome, is so, Nova. God, this was so good today. I really, I can't imagine how many people are, um, are just going to be really blessed by this. And Me. I really, oh, yeah, so. Kev, that's so cute. <laughs> what um, did he say? He goes, me. <laughs> oh, Kevin, you're so precious. I learned a lot on this one. <laughs> well, Good. and you know what? If if you need more information, if you need those tools, if you need help, like, yeah, call Janice, call me. If you don't want to call us and you want to call somebody else, we can pass you on. I mean, there's- We can. There's For sure we can. Great there's great solutions out there and you can, you can have the relationship that either you once had or the relationship that you want. I really believe it. So have a, have a great week, everybody. And Janice, thank you. You're the best. You're welcome, sweet Kevin. (laughs) So fun. Love you. (laughs) Love you too.